Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, statewide high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. The coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, so we're going to take things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Each day our own Dan Dickow is going to have on a new guest to this very podcast as a part of a special podcast series in addition to our weekly episode tackling the top stories across the state. The best way to keep up with that and what we do is head to scorebooklive.com slash Washington, your home for Washington High School sports coverage, and subscribe to this podcast for free. Head to wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or a couple examples. Look up Scorebook Life today, hit subscribe, and while you're there, leave us a rating, a comment. It really helps us do what we do. Washington Federal is a bank based in Seattle that operates 235 branches, and it cares deeply about high school sports not only in the Seattle metro area, but across the entire state of Washington. Head to WashingtonFederal.com to learn more or visit your closest branch. Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington, here on the podcast, bringing you another special guest today. Um, he joined us in the fall, kind of as a preview to uh, what their season may look like. Um, and in all actuality, and looking back, he short-sighted his team because they had a tremendous season. I think he was really kind of downplaying expectations, which you'll find a number of, of coaches do, and rightfully so. But uh, head coach of Linden Christian, Roger DeBoer. R- coach, thanks for joining. We really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. It's great to be with you guys. And uh, I said this at the bed. I'll have to you guys do such a, a great job for high school sports. And we just appreciate you guys greatly for what you do to invest in the lives of kids. And, and uh, it's great stuff. And uh, we follow you guys regularly. Well, we appreciate those words. We're just a small cog and in high school sports and, and the, the biggest components in the, in that cog of high school sports are the athletes and the coaches and the parents themselves. And hopefully through this series of interviews that, that we're releasing daily, um, we can be an encouragement to those coaches, athletes, and parents, uh, maybe be a resource, uh, in a, in a learning, uh, opportunity for some of them. Uh, to hear from coaches like you who have a tremendous amount of experience and who have perspective of, of how to be a role model and, and set an example in such uh, uncertain times that we're living in right now. So thank you for joining and thank you for supporting us. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, Coach, just want to get right into it. Um, we had talked in the fall, like I had mentioned, and, and you liked your team. You liked what you thought you were going to have. Um, you had a couple concerns because, quite frankly, being in a small school, you have a lot of multi-sport athletes, and some of your guys might be getting to practice uh, a week or two late. Um, and so you thought if you could weather the storm early and get the guys up to speed gradually throughout the course of the year, you really liked what you might have. And fast forward to the end of the year, you were spot on. You unfortunately couldn't come away with the, the, the big-time prize, but you made the state tournament. You made the title game and unfortunately ran into a very good Kings team. How was the progression of your team from a coach's perspective this past season? 
great question, especially this year. Uh, you know, for, for us as a staff, uh, it was definitely the adjustment of, of learning how you cope and deal, not just physically, but mentally with a team that comes off of football. Uh, you hit it right on the head when you said that uh, we have a lot of multi-sport athletes, and we really embrace that at Women Christian and work hard as coaches to support one another. So um, what ended up being our top 12 kids against year nine of them uh, were involved in football. Uh, and so, you know, our football team went all the way through December 7, uh, lost in a, in a slower to win in the football finals. But that basically took away, you know, really that easy three to four weeks of, of, uh, of time together um, that we would have normally had to, to build and have practice. Um, we worked together, so it was definitely a late start. It was learning to adjust. Also, just having the guys there did not mean that mentally they were in tune with basketball after coming off such a long football season. So it was definitely a learning process, and it really did take uh, the last couple of weeks of the year for us to really gain our stride and, and get back on top of things. And uh, so it was a unique progression for sure. Um, one that. Uh, um, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, was a great, even for a coach of 30 years, a great learning experience just to learn more about the psychology of the high school kid and, and what goes into that and what can we do to contribute as coaches. These kids that have got so much energy into multiple sports and how can we help them about it. Uh, it ended up being, you know, uh, overall, obviously, uh, you know, we, we peaked at the right time. We played our best basketball at the end of the year, and, and like you said, came also close to the, uh, to the grand prize. But uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of pride in our kids, and a lot of pride in their effort and, and what they, they invested in each other in this game. Uh, and then we ended up for sure. I, I'm always um, impressed um, of high school coaches that uh, pour as much time and passion uh, into the sport of basketball, but also into the kids that come through their program. Uh, I, I've heard that, that from, from multiple sources, coaches across the state, that um, you are towards the top of the list of, of a prime example for what I just spoke on. How did your love of the game develop, and what made you want to get into high school coaching and, and really um, pursue a passion of instilling positive uh, characteristics in young people? Yeah, well, that's another question. Uh, you know, my, my passion came really obviously at the Midland, um, as I did on the dairy farm, uh, you know, you kind of instantly uh, subjected to the getting of basketball. And uh, so, you know, been part of the kind of the Midland community, the Midland culture, the majority of my life. And, and uh, I had older sisters. I was youngest of five siblings, and my older sisters were cheerleaders. So, um, actually, true story, my mom uh, has a picture of me in bikers at the UPS field house. Um, back in the mid-60s when we went to um, Father Hendrick Christian and uh, um, actually at 56 years old, I've been to 54 1A WA tournaments. And so I've only this twice in my entire lifetime. So it's been in my blood from the very beginning. My parents were junkies from the get-go. Um, they absolutely love sports, but in particular love basketball. So it was kind of a part of life from the very beginning. And, um, I can recall even back in the early fourth or fifth grade after all the state tournaments I told my parents someday, we're not only going to want to play here, but I want to bring a, a team back here and coach here in the tournament and, and, and part of it. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a dream come true, right, to, to, to be around the game that, that uh, you know, 
that I loved to be around other coaches to have the same type of passion, but also then use that uh, love for the games, also love on kids and, and show them and teach them about life and, and uh, you know their journey, not only just through a sport, but using that journey through a sport to, to help them become great young men and husbands and fathers and, and young men of God. And, and uh, so it's been a dream come true. Uh, I totally feel like that's called us to do this. And uh, uh, it's great to be able to kind of match your passions all in, in one spot. And, uh, and it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to, to do so. What a tremendous story. I, I had no idea that you have been to the state tournament, the 1A level, every year of your life but two. That is tremendous, um, and that speaks so much to uh, the passion that you have uh, for high school basketball, in particular, though, the small school high school basketball in the state. So uh, that, that is really impressive, and the fact that it's been fostered through your family uh, is really interesting and, and awesome to see as well. And that leads me to my next question. Uh, your son, Jaden, had a really good year, and then he had a really good uh, state tournament run to help you guys make the title game. Some coaches uh, have, have embraced coaching their sons, whether at the high school or the college level. Some have shied away from it. What has your, been your experience, and what would you... Um, what what would you share with another high school coach that might be uh, in a similar position as yours? Well, I agree with both, both camps, actually. Uh, you know, coaching your own child is, is extremely difficult at times and extremely rewarding at times. And, uh, it's one thing that I had always promised myself I would never do. And uh, I kind of anticipated getting out of coaching at the reach high school call and that a son is now uh, a year younger and then we have a, uh, a seventh grade son Chase and uh, I just felt like he'd use that opportunity to just come you know cheer on our kids and I had one very unique conversation obviously you get a lot of input not just from the community but former players and things like that but there was one conversation yeah, that probably sticks out in the mind of the uh, I was with my son to play their side and this is why I was kind of going through the determination of whether or not to continue. And uh, it was a really special moment we shared during this bad which meant I had grown up in the gym. I had grown up since I had been four or five years old coming to practice and, and, and watching what uh, you and your coaching staff do and, and I had the opportunity to live it. And he gets all this opportunity to watch um, guys grow as family, the guys bond, become close this culture that, that uh, has been so awesome to me. And he goes, I just, I love it so much because now that I'm going to be getting into high school, you want to be back to chance and not allow me to be part of that experience and part of that culture and part of that family atmosphere that you and the other coaches and other players have built over the years. You know, I just don't see that, how that's fair. And um, it was a very unique perspective, not one that I had considered, but it was definitely a tipping point um, for me to uh, basically, you know, embrace the good and the bad that goes along with coaching your own child and, and uh, uh, make the decision to, to continue to move forward. But, you know, Dan, it hasn't always been easy. Um, it's extremely difficult, especially in a small community. Um, it can get tough at times, and, and uh, we've got a lot of passionate people for basketball, and, and uh um, when people are passionate, um, obviously there's there's a lot of tricks as well. I think any time you coach your own son, um, it's easy to um, 
fall into, um, you know, listening to the outside world and falling prey to the critics and, you know, why are you playing your kid and all that. So we have to be extremely careful, actually. Um, some of our other coaches have children in the program as well. We've actually had to develop a, an action plan um, that we actually gave to our administration and to the, and to the community that basically, you know, we don't have, uh, we're powerless when it comes to our own children as far as uh, discipline, as far as how we work with, uh, you know, evaluations and what team they end up on. We've been pretty serious about how we do that. And so we felt like we put at least all the proper channels in place, um, but uh, it never takes the personal side out of it, right? When you wear your bad hat, when you wear your coach hat, we really struggled last year, especially when we became a person player. Um, just learning where that all fits in. Where do you draw the lines? Because with that, you have to have relationship boundaries. How much do you take home? And how much do you not take home? And then to be able to, you know, he loved, Jaden loves the game. Cole is learning to love the game. So where do you cut that love for the game off within the own roof of your own home and, and at practice and, and, and all of that? And that's been a, a, a huge learning process for all of us. Um, this year, when much more smoothly. Um, we are uh, very appreciative of that. And, uh, and I think that's just, again, part of the learning process. And so I think with that, obviously, Jaden became a lot more comfortable. Um, I think the, the community realized that, you know, he's a pretty special player. And uh, uh, the, the, the criticism probably backed off a little bit um, as far as his involvement on the varsity team. And uh, we continued to make steps. And, and uh, he had a great year. I mean, if his last name was Anderson, he still had a great year. And, uh, you know, we're really proud of him and, and what he did. Um, he's still, obviously, his dad and his coach think he still has a lot of work to do. But uh, um, he, uh, you know, he's done some, some really neat things for our program, and we appreciate his contribution. That's awesome. I love to hear the pride in your voice come through uh, as we speak. Um, I've got two boys. Um, my my oldest uh, will be in high school in a couple years, and I've coached him up till now. But once he gets to high school, I, I'm looking forward to kind of watching his career develop from a different path. Um, but the way you spoke about balancing everything was, was tremendous, and I think that's a a lesson that other coaches in a similar uh, position can can definitely learn from. Last question that I have for you before I let you go. Uh, obviously, we're in some some uncertain times. Uh, I, I know you coach at a smaller school that that's built on faith, um, that's built on community. Um, how are you guys, both as a I guess a coaching staff as well as a community and a basketball program, how are you guys staying connected, uh, even though you can't be connected physically at this moment in time, uh, to continue to support each other, uh, making sure. Um, you know, everyone's kind of adhering to the, the standards with which you have set forth with your program. Yeah, um, you're right. It, it is uncharted territory, and, and uh, it has been a, kind of a, a difficult few weeks. Uh, first and foremost, the, the tough part is when your heart breaks. We had, you know, we had five or six kids, you know, um, on our varsity roster that were really good baseball players. And, uh, and a couple guys that have chose to do track and field and, you know, suddenly, you know, all those goals, you know, basketball is an outstanding sport. All those goals in those other sports, you know, have just kind of put aside until late April and we'll see what happens. But, you know, kids love, you know, other activities and other sports to see them have to not be able to do those. Well, that's tough. Um, 
baseball coach and I, uh, Daniel Mandatory, he's, he's a dear friend. And I know how much love and passion he has for the game, right? So your heart goes out to the, the, the spring sports coaches right now that, you know, have been chopping the bit to, you know, and made their goals and, and, and they're, you know, what's going to happen this year. The practice plans are all ready to go. And it just all goes away. So, you know, your heart goes out because you know how much you love your right? And, uh, that's tough. So, you know, we try to encourage each other, um, you know, via text and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to relate um, because we were fortunate enough to have our season, you know, come to, to, to the fulfillment. Um, you know, but as far as the players and stuff are concerned, you know, we have a group text going and, and uh, we reach out and, and uh, you know, try to encourage the kids uh, as much as possible. Uh, obviously, we get to hear through them and of them and from them and through having two sons at home. Uh, you know, we get to have uh, you know, some conversation and, and things like that as well, which has been really cool. And that is the nice thing about a small community. Um, you know, being in Linden, it's, it's that, uh, you know, um, everybody's fairly close by and uh, we have the ability to, to keep in contact. You know, I, I haven't done this yet, but I heard a great idea from the coach actually this morning. And uh, he's been doing some things that he called I don't know, something challenges. And he has some physical and some academic challenges for the kids and has some rewards and like a contest with the whole team. Uh, so I started thinking about how fun that would be to, 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 to do that with everybody and, you know, involve some, uh, you know, some reading, some academic work, some, some you know, physical fitness stuff, and, and then report back to each other about, about what we're doing. So I like that idea. I think that is cool. But we've definitely stayed in touch. I've sent a lot of inspirational stuff to the guys on our group text. And, you know, try to keep in touch and let them know that, hey, we love you guys and care about you and looking forward to, you know, long, long summer. But, uh, uh, you know, these times, Dan, yeah, more than any, I mean, one thing that we all know uh, as adults, but uh, I think especially with, with teenagers and, and stuff, is that desire to be loved and valued part of something bigger than yourself or are all huge aspects of their life and it's been at home and nothing to do. That's got to be tough. And so um, I love the question because I think what it does is at least, uh, you know, allows us to really think about what can we be doing to make sure the athletes still feel loved and still feel valued and still feel part of something uh, special, um, even though they may be sitting in their home. So, um, you know, we go day by day and we see what happens and, and uh, obviously leave it in the good Lord's hands and, and uh, know that he is in control. And, uh, you know, let's see what the next few weeks uh, unveil for us. Well, Coach, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, it was fun following the, the, the team's progress throughout the year. Uh, congrats on, on a, a nice way to finish the season. I look forward to uh, seeing you, connecting with you over the summer when, when basketball tournaments, leagues, camps, reopen and uh always glad to have you a, a part of the podcast and uh again we appreciate everything you're doing for for basketball in the state of washington everything you do for your community up in the northwest corner of the state so thanks again absolutely thank you guys and uh blessings to you guys as uh, you come up with creative ways to uh keep us all in touch with one another through uh, these trying times
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.